You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. And I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today it is the day of the French community. What does that even mean, Bonnie? I don't know. know. (laughs) Here's one that's better. National Chocolate Milk Day. Mm -hmm. Go drink a glass of chocolate milk. National No Excuses Day. And World Tourism Day. Except maybe not because of COVID. Right. (laughs) Ideally. So today we're going to talk about sibling relationships. Now, Sibling relationships are as old as time, and the Bible starts off with not the happiest story. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, if you're if you're despairing of your children's relationships with one another, they perhaps have not reached the level of Cain and Abel. It could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> and um, then there's Jacob and Esau, which didn't go so well with some favoritism and sibling rivalry there. We had Joseph and his brothers, and even Jesus was ribbed by his brothers. And those of us in the Christian community often refer to one another as brothers and sisters, which is probably no accident. Because in addition to all the good things we can do for each other, (laughs) there can also be pettiness, jealousy, competition, just like biological family might do. So talk about That's some famous right. siblings, like, Bonnie. Well, everybody knows famous <laughs> siblings. There's Venus and Serena Williams, uh, William and Harry, mm. Eli and Peyton Manning, my personal favorite, Go Vols, and JFK and Bobby Kennedy, right? All the all the siblings yeah. that are kind of famous. But um, I think siblings are so interesting because they're the only ones that are with you, ideally, for the whole ride, from the beginning to the end. Even when your parents die and go away and when your friends come and go but your siblings are going to always be there and this relationship more than any others um, may define you and form you most powerfully of all yeah I'm one of three siblings I'm the only daughter and I'm the oldest Mm -hmm. so I get to be the boss of everybody (laughs) Uh, my husband David um, has one brother but they're almost seven years apart six and a half years apart so that makes a really different dynamic as well yeah well I'm one of five I'm the fourth daughter with um the last one of us is a brother and my husband is an only child so that made for a really interesting mix yeah we need to do a whole podcast on the first years of your marriage (laughs) do we (laughs) oh no I have to get a waiver signed you know there's probably so many people who are married to only children and there's it has its own challenges it's different it's not their fault that they think they're the center of the universe (laughs) that's right it's just they were they actually were that's true so okay so let's um we're going to talk about some of the issues about with between brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and sisters and sisters and whatnot. But let's talk about the benefits. Let's do the positives first. Oh, yeah. I think um, first and foremost, siblings probably force us to live side by side with others more than any other relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in the same house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and help us to consider other people. You have to. Yeah, there's no there's no other there's no other way around it. You have to consider other people. Yep. Maybe not considerately consider them but you do have to take them into <laughs> you do account have to. and also they're often um the first glimpse of the opposite gender in close quarters especially if you have more than one gender brother and sister kind of thing i think you're right and i've never thought about um i was surrounded by boys i had only brothers and then um next door were my cousins and three boys mm. and i've always felt more comfortable around men 
Ah. And I just wonder if that's partly conditioning. Yeah. Not until you said that just now did I ever think about that. Because what did you know otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging around boys. Right. And I hear from um, families who have like all girls and it's such a different vibe. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's mostly sweet and there's not a lot of wrestling and it's just a different vibe. So when you marry into a family, um, maybe of all boys or something like that, it, it kind of takes you by surprise. Like you don't relate the same. Yeah, you don't. You don't at all. We didn't actually didn't allow ours to relate the same to one, you know, our uh, boy and girl. Mm-hmm. You know, there were rules about that, which we can get to later, maybe. There, like you said earlier, there are memory keepers. We all have similar memories, but di- very different perspectives, mm-hmm. which shows up later on. That's right. Um, I know with my kids, this is true. There's a whole life of stuff that goes on under mom and dad's radar, oh, like yeah. <laughs> in inside jokes and experiences, stuff like that, that you don't find out about until later on down the road. Oh, yeah. Um, and then they, your siblings can help as your parents get older. They're your, they're your go-to people. And we've, we have a podcast on that actually, mm-hmm. aging parents and how you can work together with your siblings, even if you're far apart, yeah. um, to be a team. That's right. Coordinated effort. Um, so, and that's a big reason to stay connected. That's that in fact is a lot of, I know a lot of people who have a second or third child for that very reason. Really? Yes. <laughs> so they won't bear the burden. Alone. Of parents that never alone. dawned on me. Um, well, okay. A lot of new moms do worry about adding a sibling mm-hmm. to their comfortable little nest of one child. I mean, I thought it was hard enough with one. I did too. And I'm not, I guess we liked it enough that we decided it wasn't an accident that we had our second one. So we must have decided um, this is going pretty good. This is all right. I think we need another one. But I think it was because I came from siblings. Yeah, yeah, we definitely decided to that we we wanted to add another one to the mix, um, and I was I guess I just didn't let myself go down the fear and trembling thought thought trail, <laughs> you know, where I was just like, oh, this is going to be really hard because I knew it was going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are things that you can do to kind of prepare your child as you're pregnant or adopting and adding another sibling to the mix. Right, you hear this compared a lot, like. <laughs> Like if your husband came home and said, hey, honey, I'm going to have another wife. We're going to bring, we're going to have another wife in the household. Like that doesn't usually go over so well. And telling your firstborn child that essentially we're going to have another child because we love you so much doesn't always go over very well. So don't get your feelings hurt if, you know, if they aren't so excited at first. So it's pretty normal. There's, there's books you can read to them. Um, You can talk to them about it. You can talk about how they can help. You know, once the baby gets here, um, and you mentioned, Bonnie, be honest about the time the baby may need, like just preparing them, especially depending on how old they are, if they can understand. Yeah. And a two or three year old is more capable than you think of understanding, um, that, you know, you're, you're a big brother and big sister and you know how to do things that the baby's not going to know how to do. And, um, sometimes the baby's going to cry a lot and that's going to be noisy and it might be frustrating, but um, and it's going to take some time for mom or dad to have to rock the baby to sleep, stuff like that. Just like prepare them so it's not this new, like what what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> Although you know, even the most compliant child um, may act out when their sibling comes along. So Emma was very easy. Honestly, it was my problem. Not hers. <laughs> I was the one having trouble learning to be a mom. She was a great kid, an easy kid. and um, But she was still precocious once Houston came, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. You know, she pulled her little potty into the kitchen. And, <laughs> you know, I found her 
sitting on it in the kitchen floor one morning and I was like what is happening what is going on with my child she was just adjusting just she was just getting you know seeking attention because there was a baby in the house that was taking a lot of my right my time so those things are common very common and it's not uncommon to the for the older child to regress either yes that's a good point um because they see, well, baby's doing all these things and baby's getting lots of attention. So all of a sudden I forgot how to feed myself <laughs> and, or I forgot how to go to the potty. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not unusual or uncommon, but you just need to like, you know, continue to praise them as the older child and encourage them in their progress. And with Emma, she, you know, we said don't enlist their help too much. Once the baby arrives the older siblings help too much, just, you don't want to create resentment, but Emma was all in. So you just kind of read your kid. You know, she wanted to help. I felt like that was helping her adjust and kind of connect with him. Mm -hmm. She loved like helping pack the diaper bag and holding him and snuggling him. So just read your kid. Yeah. Savannah didn't love that. (laughs) (laughs) Savannah was good for about 15 minutes and then she's like, okay, when is this one going back to where it came from? Right, right. So she didn't really want to do the helping role. She would. She would occasionally, but I didn't want to put that too much on her. Um, but it's no need to hit the panic button. That's just disposition, partly. Right, and it takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while for dads, usually, to get bonded and sure. comfortable with newborns. So if a little two-year-old or three-year-old, for sure, it will, too. Yeah, absolutely. So you can praise them when they're being kind or gentle or helpful. Point it out. Like, that is a parenting tip you want to do all the time mm-hmm. for everything in life. Mm-hmm. Like, point out what you're looking for instead of squashing, squashing, squashing the negative all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, older children, I'll, I will say, though, if you have a firstborn, they're, they are prone anyway to bossiness or superiority. So hey, watch um, it. <laughs> you want to <laughs> emphasize this new child, your brother or sister is your peer, your equal. You're not in charge of them. I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the mom. Yeah. Because a lot of times they'll just kind of take those reins and you'll, before long, you'll... T- they're telling them what to do in the playroom and they're telling them how not to do this or not to do that. So um, then you have a tone problem and an, maybe an aggression problem going yeah. on. So yeah, yeah just I mean, be careful. Yeah, just, that's just a symptom of being, as Proverbs calls it, wise in your own eyes, mm-hmm. which children are prone to. And so you just don't, don't want them to think more of themselves than they ought at the particular stage of life right. that Th- they're in. This house has one mom and you're not it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. I would also say make some special time. You're going to be tired with a newborn or another child in the house, but try to make some special time, maybe when the baby's napping or something like that. That's just you and the oldest. Um, the other parent can step into and maybe have special trips out or something that's just for the older sibling. Yeah, during nap time, I would just try to... Um, Emma would wake up maybe before Houston from the afternoon nap, and I would try to have just book time with her. We'd play Candyland or do a tea party, something yeah. special just for her, or morning nap as well. She wouldn't have an morning nap anymore right so we did you know special time then when he was sleeping so okay something that both of us did I think we both did this told our kids they were best friends we did so was that from the parenting class we taught yes and that I was think, the advice we got from that right well, yes and also a older friend of ours um Becky Jackson we used to tell her daughters that all the time and we just copied her and we copied like her. all good moms you That's copy right. the stuff you like don't reinvent the wheel <laughs> just take what's good yeah. So in my case, I don't think our families reacted to this the same, maybe personalities, but um, they didn't feel this at first. I think the the younger one really, really, really wanted to be friends with the older one, but the older one wasn't so keen on it. So that, it took a while. 
Yeah, um, no, I mean, wait, yeah, Emma was all in from the very beginning. And we, actually, we kind of had to, like, monitor the hugging, the kissing, because <laughs> it got to be, like, just too much. And so um, it was surprising to me that it worked, that they just believe you mm. when you say, like, that's your, I'm so glad God gave you a best friend. God gave you, you know, your brother to be your best friend. And they just believed me Or when I said to Houston, I'm so glad Emma's your best friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and when you have many children, three, four, you can just, it doesn't have to be best friends, just closest friend, or right. these are your best friends. You know, it, it translates to no matter how big your, your family is, but this is a culture you build in your home. Yes. It has to be deliberate. Yeah. You, you have to build an, it's an intentional team mentality. Um, you know, we're the Sproles team We're we're supporting each other. We mm-hmm. encourage one another and build each other up. That was a little snippet of a Bible verse we just used again and again and um just really tried to create an environment of yeah we're for each other not against each other we forgive each other we love each other we encourage each other I would I would say we did a much better job with that like we're all a team Mm -hmm. we're in it to win it together versus the best friend thing because I think my oldest Savannah was probably old enough to know what a friend was like mm-hmm. she had actual mm-hmm. girlfriends by mm-hmm. that time and she knew that this wasn't it yeah <laughs> like this she could that. say yeah he's not really <laughs> doing anything that's making my life better uh-huh. friends do that so I'm gonna count him out and that went on for quite a while I would say up until um maybe middle school before mm-hmm. he became cool and funny and somebody she was interested in being with so it just took longer so that's a good word because um I've, I've talked to young moms who panic when they're toddler and they're doesn't really like their infant mm-hmm. and they're they are really upset and with so much of parenting we want to take the long view yeah some things come along in a year or two sometimes so you're talking years and years oh Bonnie. yeah years years mm-hmm. and years of waiting and so you don't want to give into despair you don't want to tell yourself the lie that this will never change and you do want to be aware as we were preparing for this podcast I was thinking about this I have a generational history on my dad's side of the family I don't know about my mom's side but I know on my dad's side of the family there was a lot of sibling rivalry and Mm. dysfunction in that way just um favoritism and pitting the siblings against each other and um there's some spiritual strongholds there that you just want to be aware of and just pray against and know that probably just some patterns you may have even observed Mm. And so my parents were very aware of that and tried very much to never show favoritism towards us. But we still like fought a whole lot. Yeah. And I think there was a spiritual dimension there that maybe could have been taken care of with some intentional prayer. And so for us, I I was able to recognize that and kind of pray against that, that that was not going to be, we're cutting off some generational sin here. We're not having, we're not, we're not having that in that's, our house that's interesting in an aspect I bet a lot of people don't think about oh yeah and I didn't think so, about it right away mm-hmm. it took me a few years to get to kind of recognize that and grow in the things of the spirit and know, go you know what let's pay attention to this mm-hmm. yeah this is not this is not good we're not having that we're gonna just stand against that and it's not perfect you know it doesn't go perfectly you got to remember when you're when you when you have a stronghold in your family, which we live in a fallen world, almost Most all, all of us do. do, that this is work mm-hmm. to to step out of it. I'm so grateful my dad did that, that he did the hard, hard work of following Christ. And he didn't do it perfectly, but man, obedience, God blesses it. 
And the, just a little bit of obedience goes. Yeah. It's that mustard seed of faith just grows into that huge tree. Right. A long obedience in the same direction. Yes. We'll get you there eventually. Yes. May not be tomorrow, but eventually for sure. Yeah. Um, so going along with the best friends thing and the team mentality, um, in our family, we would all go to everybody's stuff. <laughs> so if you had a piano recital, we're all going to be at the piano yes, recital. Ma'am. If you had a karate, you know, tournament, we're all going to be there or a horse show or whatever it is. We're all going to be there and show up for you and be happy that we're there for you. Yep. Houston, we bless you for being at so <laughs> many dance recitals. Let's be honest, they weren't all that good. Not till the very end years, right? And for Emma, we bless you for being at all those piano recitals, (laughs) which in the very beginning years were also not all that good. Right. And we're all, you're you're right, we're in it together. Now, we didn't all go to all the practices and things. No. But when there's a big performance and a big thing to celebrate somebody, then that child's going to be celebrated. Um, Going along with that, each child is celebrated in their own time. So for a birthday, that's your birthday. Like, everybody's not getting presents on your birthday. Just you are. And it's just your day, and that's okay. Do people do that? I know in our generation, people did do that. They, no, <laughs> we didn't. And we, no, not us, our family, but I think our, I think I had friends whose family did that. Yes. That's weird. I think they do. It's just because. Don't do it. They want it to be a sense of fairness, but it is fair. Everyone eventually will get a birthday. <laughs> Yeah, like like not being in the spotlight, celebrating someone else, that's a very good exercise. That is. That's a, that's a lesson in graciousness. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and don't allow negative talk and insults. Now, we love to tease. Mm-hmm. But at some, some points in time, David and I had to pull back. Like we had to make a few family rules on teasing or certain words that were getting used too much. Yeah. They were harmless, but they were just becoming too frequent. Right. Because you want to back to the spirit of encouragement and building each other up you know mm-hmm. if there's too much of this little you know quick wit or or intellectual banter sometimes yeah it can get out of hand so yeah. just just watch the tone yes yeah watch your tone and we parents too we need to watch our tone um and siblings are great for training for life negotiation compromise <laughs> learning when to walk away yes conflict avoidance yes. conflict resolution they yeah. teach us loyalty yeah. sharing <laughs> so many good things all the things keeping a secret or a confidence which is a big one mm-hmm. you learn that first in your family before you're trying that out with friends generally mm-hmm. and i mean i know this in theory but i'm wondering if it's true in your family because i didn't have a really big family in a large family some siblings are closer than others that's normal and okay was that true in your family i mean y'all were spread out three and two we're spread out so it's an age thing but it's also just personalities yeah mm-hmm. for um yeah i would say i'm closer to some of my siblings than others and doesn't mean I don't love them right. or I wouldn't be there for them or show up for them, but just naturally, I'm more, more, more in common with one than another. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that makes sense to mm-hmm. me. I, in a really big families that I've seen, which, you know, in the homeschooling world, I do see seven siblings, eight siblings. You do see like pairs, you know, a lot yeah. of them complement one another. And sometimes it's an age gap too, mm-hmm. quite a, quite a sizable age gap mm-hmm. um, where they pair up. It's so sweet. And it's not always gender to gender. No. Sometimes as a brother and a sister. Yeah. It's so, so sweet. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, so conflict. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're living under the same roof with somebody. If you have a spouse, you're going to have conflict. That's totally normal and okay. It's not the end of the world. It's not unusual. Um, I would just um, take the long view on this and sort of look at things instead of a day at a time, maybe more like a month or even a week at a time um, and see if you're having more conflict than you are peace 
Mm-hmm. then maybe you need to reevaluate. That's always a good question to ask in parenting with, are they characterized by fill in the blank? Because there's so many ups and downs yeah. in day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. It's hard to kind of see when you're just like thinking of one day. Yeah. But when you, even like you said, you think of a week. Okay, how did our week go? Were we characterized by conflict, arguing, fighting, not sharing? Or were we characterized by Oh, no, I mean, it was more sharing than not, or more conflict resolution than intractable problems. Right. That's and that, good... that might be due to lots of factors. You got to look at context there, too. It may not be just um, the brother or the sister. Maybe it's they're tired all the time because you're too busy, or they don't have enough snacks <laughs> and they're hangry. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff can go into being irritable and grouchy. Oh, yeah. Tired and hungry. First two culprits with children. Mm-hmm. And as far as play goes, I, I am for mostly supervised play. Now, not self, not parent-directed play necessarily, but you need to keep an ear nearby mm-hmm. and just hear what's going on. Because especially like five and under, you can stop things before they escalate if you're nearby and here. Right. Kids five and under just are not developmentally self-regulated. Yeah. They're just not able. You've told them a thousand times you need to share or we don't hit, mm-hmm. but they're not going to get it if they're under five. No, no, they're not. And um, David's dad used to do this really clever thing, and we did it with ours as well. When we saw things starting to spiral or one of them mm-hmm. starting to like get a little loose with their self-control, we'd just call them to us. Say their name, have them come come to you, which is what you should be practicing at home anyway. Mm-hmm. So they come when they're called. And um, we'd say, you know what? Tell me what's going on over there. How are you feeling? Do you, do you think you might need to get a little self-control? Right. And they're not in trouble. Nope. They're not in trouble. And, and a lot of times we just had them put their hands together mm-hmm. and just sit by me for a minute or two. No more than five minutes. Just to de-escalate. Yeah. Just to bring it down a little bit. Yeah. And then you can run back out and play. It's, an, it's like a magic trick. It yeah, works. I think that's so wise. <laughs> yeah, why wait until they're already crossed that threshold of chaos and angry and all the stuff? Yes. Like, pull them out before then and yes. help them regulate themselves. Yeah, I mean, that is part of, I felt like it was part of responsible parenting was to set them up for success. And part of that is, you know, God rescues us oh, from trouble. Yes. You know, so we need to come in and not always, I mean, sometimes they need to face conflict and try to. Mm-hmm. you know work it out but like you said five and under they probably don't have all the tools no to do that yet so I would we, say they definitely don't and you got to walk them through it yeah yeah so 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 pay attention moms and just go in there and call them to you and prevent the see if you can catch apocalypse beforehand. <laughs> before <it> <laughs> right <laughs> not that we didn't have apocalypse was, there were plenty of apop- apocalypse apocalypse I don't know What's yeah what is the plural of that <laughs> um so if there's conflict if there does happen to be conflict then the solution is just to separate them okay everybody go to your corner mm-hmm. and let's just go to your rooms for a little while then that may be all the consequence that's needed um I found in our house we had one child that just didn't like a lot of togetherness Mm-hmm. Um, she needed some alone time. And if it was like playtime for four hours straight, like something was going to happen. I just knew it was my fault. I knew it was going to happen. Um, but she just needed more alone time to decompress. So be aware of that temperament mm-hmm. in your kids too. Not everybody wants to be with all the brothers and sisters all the time. Absolutely. Knowing your child's temperament is so important for good parenting because they're not you can't rubber stamp on the or they're not factory made you know they're so unique Mm -hmm. and so 
I mean, just being home all day, we were homeschooling and, and we needed time apart. Mm -hmm. So we had, I had to intentionally create hours in the afternoon where we all went our separate ways, even though Emma and Houston shared a room by their own choice. Uh. We had two bedrooms for them. So she could go to her own bedroom for um, quiet time in the afternoon. She'd be by herself. He'd be by himself. And he was the one who really did need the downtime, the thinking time, the quiet time. Mm Mm-hmm. And me too. <laughs> I needed it too. Yes. So, um, you know, big busy houses, it's a little, you know, it's a little bit harder the more children you have, but just think about, okay, how can we make that work? Right. Yeah. yeah. I found this study that I read so interesting. There was, they did this study in a um, age group of two to four. Remember, this is the, the group that is less, least capable of regulating themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, they had one fight every 6.3 minutes. So that's like almost 10 fights every hour. Oh my goodness. So mom, so I know how you bad. feel, right? <laughs> Golly. And, oh. and the biggest trigger by far, over 95% of the fights dealt with property. Someone touching, playing with, or looking at the other person's stuff. So property is the only way that kids have to project their limited power. And you hear it all the time, like the seagulls in Finding Nemo. Mine. <laughs> Mine, mine, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, this is a Christian worldview perspective here on parenting. You know, when God created man and woman in Genesis 1 and 2, he told them to exercise dominion over the earth. We have the impulse to exercise dominion, to take care of what's ours mm-hmm. in us. It's an innate human quality. Right, it's and not so selfish. It's not selfish. To deny that, even in your small child, is not fair to mm-hmm. them. So there, there are some ways you can navigate it because they can't be selfish with everything. Right. But Bonnie and I both had um, similar views on this where if there were special things, you could put those away. Right. Not everything. Not everything. Was fair game for every sibling in the house to touch or play with. You had to have some privacy. Yeah. And your special things could be put away, but you had to do it, you know, nicely. You couldn't be like, this is mine. You can't play with it. it <laughs> yeah, was... and hold it out in front of them, dangle right. it in front of them. <laughs> yeah, no, you couldn't do that. Or before friends came over to play. That's I'd right. I'd say, what is your special things that you really don't feel like sharing? You know, and it never was like a dozen things with it was usually no. three to five when given things. the chance yeah to be generous they usually yeah, would be generous they did but um but yeah you have to give them the option to mm-hmm. okay if you've got something special from grandma or granddad or something that you don't want touched that's okay yes i've absolutely. got things i don't want people messing with yeah sure absolutely so okay and boys okay those moms out there who have two, three, <laughs> four boys, four boys, you know, boys are physical and they will wrestle until someone gets hurt. Even my, my husband and his brother, they were six and a half years apart. They wrestled and he's, I mean, Houston, David said, Steve always got in trouble because he was older, oh, you know, should have known better. And, oh, I hate which that. Which is not really fair, <laughs> but David didn't mind it. <laughs> I'm sure. Just cry a little louder so mom and dad will come uh-huh. for sure. So what do you do, Bonnie, if, the, if they're escalating? Because y'all were way more rough and tumble than we were. We were, but I think that's because I, I just grew up that way. Yeah. Like we had, yeah. <laughs> we had slam doors. We had, um, my, my older sister was babysitting my brother and me one time and we, we made her mad and she was chasing us around and around the house in this circle. We had a converted patio and one time around we shut the sliding glass door. She ran full speed into it and knocked herself completely out. Oh, <laughs> 
so and we just looked at each other and ran and hid like oh we weren't calling 911 we were just like uh oh oh my goodness so it's stuff like that that's a Genesis 3 moment uh, Bonnie <laughs> where's where? your sister <laughs> where's your sister <laughs> am I my sister <laughs> I don't know surround her somewhere yeah oh, like wow. and the four four girls one time held my brother we each got an arm or a leg and we just pulled until his oh. arm came out of the socket Bonnie <laughs> stuff and that was not an unusual day in our house so yeah. you know you're just figuring out how biology works I guess <laughs> I, so we were boisterous in our house yes but we had if if I'm keeping an ear on things like you said if I'm nearby yes. um I didn't really relish a lot of trips to the ER, so I made sure if things were getting out of control, I you hear the noise going up. You mm-hmm. hear the, the thumps and the stuff mm-hmm. getting louder. You just step in, and like you said, call them to you. Yes. Like, all right, everybody. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> we're going to take it down a few notches <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, take it down. So, um, and if there is conflict, if it has escalated, then then now you got to walk them through the conflict resolution. Right. Um, you've got to talk about why the behavior is not okay if you think they know that then you ask them yeah don't tell don't them, tell all. them all they hear is blah 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 mm-hmm. when you start talking a whole lot so questions are always better right and you don't when it starts out like well well he did no 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 i want to know what you did like focus it back on them not the other yes 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 so i um i i would have you know, I'd be the judge. I'd have them both tell me what was going on. And then we would walk through the repentance, forgiveness, restoration steps with, with them toward one another, which is, I'm sorry. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. So what is that? Yeah, so it's it's a process, which is just a beautiful, beautiful restoration. Just It's a, it's a way to clear the air in your family. Yeah. And, and husbands and wives should be doing this with each other for sure, not just with your children. But... You, um, you name it, I'm sorry for, and you fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for grabbing my toy from you. Will you please forgive me? Mm-hmm. What can I do to make it right? And then if you need to pray about it to, with God, we would do that as well. And then we always made him hug. And it always ended up into like a tackling hug to the floor. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and it was just a quick hug. Like they, and if your child needs some time to cool down, you don't, ha- you don't need to force the reconciliation. Right. Again, Sometimes it can be pretty angry and it takes yes. a while. Temperament needs to be taken into account, yep. you know, but you do have to work through the apology with the repentance, forgiveness, restoration. So what's an example of how you would make it right? A restitution thing? How you? How well, you- if something's broken, mm-hmm. then you have to pay for it. So um, Emma left her purse at the DMV. We had just moved to Greensboro. Every time you move to a new state, you got to go to the DMV and get a new license. And you usually test. So uh. that's a huge incentive not to ever move again for me. <laughs> Among many others, put that on the list. And she had Houston's little PlayStation game, game, mm-hmm. you know, handheld game. And she had put it in her little purse. Mm-hmm. She's 12, learning to carry a purse. She left her purse under the chair at the DMV. Do you think that purse was there mm-hmm. when we got back an hour later? It was not. And I'm so the no. restoration for that 12-year-old Emma was the $100. Paying for that game that Paying she for that game. let go. She, it took her weeks and weeks and weeks mm-hmm. to buy it, to save up the money to buy it. I think we purchased it so Houston didn't have to wait. Uh, and then she had to pay, pay us. Back, yeah. yeah, pay us back. We tried to be the most fair with that. But, um, I mean, that's true for when my kids broke something at someone's house. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they had to... I would make it right with the parent and then they had to pay right. me back. 
right? They broke a cup or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So if an ob- if it's not an object or property or something like that is not involved, what we would do is a lot of times you had to maybe do chores that the other one was responsible for. Oh, that's great. Do something nice for the other person. Because yeah. remember, you're trying to elevate the opposite virtue of... <laughs> Mm-hmm. So if you're having a lot of conflict, you're trying to emphasize instead kindness and generosity mm-hmm. towards others. And so one way to do that is, okay, you're going to do their chores for them for the next two days, or you're going to show them something kind mm-hmm. for the next evening or whatever it is. Um, so we can practice the virtue I'm actually looking for. Yes. Yes. If you have a child who's chronically late, who is you know making your family late, um, there's ways they can pay you back in time mm-hmm. you know they have to get up earlier or um i'll just get creative with that there's there's all kinds of ways to do restitution but if they steal and if they steal something um you know the old testament was four times you had to pay back four times what you stole so we didn't do that necessarily to the letter of the law but if something had been taken which i guess would have been in the preschool years you know it's just like lying you know, right. It's a developmental yeah. stage they go through. That was there was that kind of restitution, and they have to go to the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great it's a great trait, and if you can teach that to your children, and you do that in your relationship, you will be in the one percent of people who do a proper apology. And what a wonderful thing to practice in your family! It's such a wonderful, beautiful, beautiful testimony to the world, mm-hmm. and um, it's just a shining light of of creating a it clears the air you're not going to have a ton of resentments built up we're all going to have to have things we apologize for when our children are grown yeah things come back up but in in my experience have now having a um well Houston's 21 tomorrow that's right (laughs) happy birthday Houston um having a 21 year old and a 23 year old I can say that that went a long way to preventing a lot of stuff coming up at least so far right so the the flip side of all of that I'm sorry, will you forgive me? And then how can I make it right? Is the injured party actually also has to learn how to grant forgiveness fairly quickly too, Mm -hmm. Um, which is another awesome spiritual lesson because God forgives us immediately. Yes. He already has forgiven us. (laughs) We won't just ask for that. So um, that helps your child work through grudges or like (laughs) if they're um, prone to doing that or, um, you know, just holding on to hurts and things like that. It's learning how to forgive easily is another lifelong skill, which will just help their spirit and again knowing the temper temperament of your child helps this if your child is very relational they're likely a grudge holder that's mm-hmm. the that's the ugly side of that beautiful gift from god yep. is that because they feel that hurt so deeply because they feel affection for others mm-hmm. so deeply they empathize with others so deeply so you're gonna need to work on that <laughs> yeah it just might be you know, some extra time and, and take the long haul look okay. on that you're looking at years down the road yeah of be, them being characterized by not grudge holding Yes. Yeah. So let's see. Okay. Word about tattling. What's Mm. the difference, Renee, between tattling on someone or coming to you to tell something? Yeah, this is controversial. Some people hate this concept. I'll be honest. But this is what we used. This is what we did. Okay. Um, Did you not know that? That No. Controversial thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's people are afraid like the kids will hold have secrets and not tell their parents stuff. But tattling is telling um, for the joy of seeing someone get in trouble. Yes. So we always told our children, you know, that's what Satan does to us. He's an accuser of people before God. And he brings up your name and he says, look what she did. See, she did it again. She's Mm -hmm. no good. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to be like Satan. 
Now, you know me, I like clarity. So that was no <laughs> problem for me right. to tell, you know, tell my kids like that is not, that is not what we do. We don't emulate Satan. We emulate Christ. Christ is our advocate. He wants what's best for us. And certainly he addresses our sin. So if there's a health and safety issue, I would say always come tell me. Okay. You know, if you think your sister or your brother is in trouble or, or about to get themselves into trouble mm-hmm. in a health and safety way, come tell me. Now, now, if there's a problem that you guys can't work out, this is elementary years now we're mm-hmm. talking, if there's a problem you can't work out, come to me. It's my job to help you work through it. That's also not tattling. Okay. But the first line of defense is the two of you have to negotiate to work it out. So you got to try your conflict resolution so, skills yourself yes. first. And if you can't, then you, it's not one coming to me. Mm-hmm. It's both mm-hmm. coming to me. That's the difference in the telling. Yeah. I, I always could tell it in a, in a tone. You'll know mm-hmm. it as soon as I do it. When they come to you with the na 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 na, it's just like that. Then that's probably tattling because mm-hmm. their little joyful hearts are so happy to tell that their sister <laughs> just oh, yeah. did this terrible thing. What oh, are you going to yeah. do about it, mom? Let me yeah. offer you some punishment examples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I would just say, oh, I'm sorry that you're not encouraging your sister mm. to do the right thing or your brother to do the right thing. I, um, I, I don't really need to hear this. You need to go help them out. Ah, oh, very just good. Send them away. They uh-huh. get no. They get no benefit. No reward. Yeah. No. No, no justification reward. from mm-hmm. that. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. So it, it really did also help. We didn't have a lot of tattling. I mean, of course, you're gonna have the occasional tattling, but they yeah. weren't characterized by it. I mine weren't either. Mm-mm. I think I was more on top of things. <laughs> had the stink eye going on all the time, so I pretty much knew uh-huh. what was going on. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, sibling rivalry, and this is different from conflict. Yes. Um, rivalry is what you were talking about earlier, where parents on purpose sometimes or inadvertently pit children against each other, pit the siblings against Mm -hmm. each other through competitiveness or through showing favoritism. It's so sorrowful to see this played out. It breaks my heart. So yeah, it definitely stems from favoritism, um, or like unhealthy competitiveness encouraged among the siblings. Right. Now there's, there's, I I just saw a study on this, uh, I think just last week. Most siblings, up like up to 80% are competitive with one another. And boys, are, we More did, so. a, did an education um, episode and, you know, boys thrive on competition in the classroom. So schools that eliminate, you know, any kind of competition, boys are bored. They send it, yeah. So we're not talking about that, but we're, again, we're talking about developing a culture of encouraging one another and loving one another and not competing for your affection that's the key is what are you competing for Mm -hmm. mom and dad's attention or mom and dad's Mm -hmm. affection yeah um this can happen through labels too Mm. (laughs) when you know you're the shy one or you're the pretty one or you're the funny one or the athletic one or the smart one um just be careful about labels and saying them out loud in front of your children or to friends or whatever um one child, a lot of families, maybe you have a special needs child or one child through behavior or whatever reason, needs more attention than the others. Um, that can cause resentment. Oh, yeah. And rivalry, too. So you might need to give some extra attention to those siblings. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, and again, it's a broken world. It's not always like you've been dealt that situation. So you have a child who's ill and needs more attention. You have a child with behavior you know, or mental health issues mm-hmm. and, and they, they're going to require more attention from you. So mm-hmm. you're just going to 
ask God for wisdom. He will, he's not stingy and holding back, like helping you parent your child. He, right. he will, he will show you just ask and listen. And if you're not getting a clear picture, just say, Oh no, to God, you're not like, I'm not hearing clear up any static <laughs> that's going on. Show me what I need to do. And I don't know about you, Renee, but in our house, it tended to teeter totter. So usually when someone's behavior was out of whack, the other one was doing pretty good and vice versa. So I generally wasn't so underwater that I had to do with two behavior issues at once. Um, but you had to be careful to like, if one really, really had some behaviors that were out of control and we were really focusing on not letting the quote unquote good child go unnoticed. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Parenting's all-encompassing. <laughs> it's just that's all the your mental ball that's in the air that you're yeah. juggling. So yeah. you um, found these statistics, which I found really interesting. Seventy percent of fathers and sixty-five percent of mothers exhibit preference for at least one child. Yeah, like exhibit. So it's noticeable. Wow. Wow. That is not so good. No. And we all say, "Oh, I don't have favorites. I love you all the same." Mm -hmm. And truly. I think for most of us, we try, we really think that and we really try to act that out. But according to our children, we're not acting that out. They're feeling favoritism. So I, that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if I didn't do this. I wonder if it'd be good to do a check-in um, as they get older and can express that. You know, I'm thinking upper elementary, sit them all down or sit them down one by themselves and say like, how are you, how do you feel? Do you feel like, do you feel like our family's fair? Yeah. Do you, do you feel, feel like, like you're getting treated fairly? Do you feel like. I, I didn't never do that. But I didn't I'm just, either. That's, ee, that's, <laughs> I don't know if I would want to know the answer to that, honestly. Just so, because certainly there's times that I enjoyed one child more than the other, that the love was the same. I loved them, but mm -hmm. their behavior made them unenjoyable. Sometimes. And so certainly yes. I enjoyed the company of, a, of one more than the other. Mm -hmm. And yeah, of course you would, that would be noticeable. Don't, yeah. Of course it would. I think so too. And maybe that would be motivation for the misbehaving child to behave better. I don't know, but that, that sort of feeds into this whole thing. So yeah. yeah, you have to be careful in making a distinction between, um, love and support versus maybe disappointment in your behavior. I think so. I think your words are really important. Well, we do, we have the, the power to bless and to curse. Mm -hmm. So we need to be really intentional with our words and, and distinguishing between the behavior and the child themselves. Right. Um, that I'm not okay with that behavior, but I do still love you. That doesn't change my love for you. I'm, I'm disappointed yeah, when that I, happens. I don't really it like to be me. around you when you hit me, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but I still, I still do love you. The, okay. Tell us about the most common favorites too. That was weird and fun. Yeah. They, and then in this study, the most common favorite for a dad is the last born daughter. I'm the first and the last born daughter. And I can definitely tell you there was some preference so there. So you got it yeah. all. Yeah. The most common favorite for a mom is a firstborn son. Hmm. I, don't, I couldn't tell that my mom had any favorites. I couldn't either. But I, I don't know that I was a favorite, but my he did treat me. My dad did treat me differently because I was a girl. He Maybe was that like, was a um, generational difference too good different in a good way like bring on the beautiful <laughs> dresses and the corsage at easter he always got me a corsage oh, at yeah. easter and we did that you know did all the special things for That's me sweet yeah so Aww. sweet really guys like he is such a good daddy <laughs> like in so many ways and and honestly he was just learning it all like brand new that should be encouragement to so many people who are feeling like they're doing the hard work mm -hmm. of like they're 
families were not great. I just want to encourage you. Like, just try something. Yeah, just a little bit of obedience. Any bit of Goes a long, long way. Right. And and loving your children well, like, that covers a multitude of sins. Yep. Because he wasn't perfect. He did several things wrong. And so, um, I mean, I want to honor him. I don't want to just throw him under the bus here. But he wasn't perfect by a long stretch. But you never doubted that you were loved. I never doubted I was loved. And so, and I think my brothers didn't either, but for sure. (laughs) (laughs) so um sometimes I think parents um communicate to their kids either spoken or unspoken that only certain kinds of accomplishment are going to be applauded um so maybe you are smart and your brother is athletic but dad is all for the athletics so he's not really saying that but you can totally tell um so just be careful like you need each child is unique and they're gifted for a reason. Use your words, people. Like kids can't read your mind. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to adult children whose their parents loved them and they weren't actually bad people, but they just didn't praise them very much. And they all they were always getting the grades and they were right. always doing the th- doing the sports and the grades. Yeah. Or praising them in the right areas. Like maybe your son is a beautiful, wonderful artist, but that's just not your thing. Like you don't even get it. You don't know how to praise for that. Well, figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> they need to know that that gift is important and special and that you applaud that. I agree. Like, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this before that some we have these preconceived notions of what our relationship with a son or a daughter is going to be like. You got to lay that down once they're <laughs> delivered and they're with you. Like, it's your job to figure them out. Yep. And they'll... Give you the cues. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Unwrap that package and like learn how to love them and not exasperate them. That's a direct command Mm -hmm. from scripture. Dude, fathers do not exasperate your children. And part of exasperating them is this favoritism. Yeah. And this not expressing love in ways that they can um, hear hear it or feel loved. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you got to be, you know, parenting is a generalist profession it's not a specialty <laughs> you have to cover so many things you got to keep them alive <laughs> you got to there is that discover nurture them you've got to give them opportunities and educate them and it's a lot yeah it it's is a lot and it, and you think you ex- kind of expect I don't know why we expect it that they're going to come out just like us no, no, no. and the no. odds of that happening are very very slim so you're going to have to learn to expand yourself and your interests and learn to love a little being who's very very different from you in a lot of cases yeah it's it's so much more fun that way really yeah it opens up your world a little bit i was like wow i didn't know that that life could be this way right life can be this way or you (laughs) could have that perspective yeah it's great that's cool all right talk about birth order i love this kind of stuff it's so interesting especially the stuff about the firstborn yeah (laughs) um so there's all kinds of books about birth order but um yeah i thought it was interesting too so firstborns tend to be bigger and healthier. Yep. They're vaccinated more reliably and they have more follow-up doctor visits because mom and dads have more time. That's interesting. Like second and third and fourth don't get vaccinated? Well, not as regularly. Maybe they're farther in between or their oh, schedules okay. aren't kept up. Yeah. Okay. Um, firstborns have a three-point IQ advantage over secondborns. At least. <laughs> Commentary. <laughs> and they're more likely to be CEOs and earn more. They're more serious and striving. Yeah, it's just inevitable. And middle children have a one and a half point IQ advantage over the later born children. They're often overlooked in their peacemakers. This was so true in our house growing up. My middle brother, 
Definitely a peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, they're like the flyover states. Nobody pays attention no, to them. <laughs> but they're so beautiful. Ohio is great. <laughs> if you say so. All right. But yeah, they have to fight for recognition. You remember the classic Brady Bunch? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they take longer to find their direction. They have possible self-esteem issues. And they tend to have denser and richer relationships outside the home. Interesting. Because they're fighting so hard for their yeah. place inside the home. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. And the lastborns could be the smallest and the weakest, the runt of the litter. Um, they also develop what they call low power skills, charm and intuition. And they tend to be funnier, disarming, because mm. they have to find their place in the pack. And a lot of times they're the wild child. Yeah. But not because always. they can. We're tired. Yeah. yeah. The rules don't imagine, apply to me. Imagine that. Rules? There are rules? I didn't uh-huh. know there were rules. I've talked to so many firstborn children who are like, I cannot believe. <laughs> yeah. I know. What my baby brother or sister is getting away with. Yes. It's, it's, part of it is learning what, where to, what hills to die on. Yeah. And part how, of it is you're tired. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> tired. Just part of it. So, yeah. So, so we're all different, but I think um, as siblings, we kind of function as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're stronger together. Um, some sibling relationships can be badly broken. And along the way, if that's true, then they might need to be abandoned. But if you have that sibling relationship and you're not making the most of it, as an adult, I'm talking about now us, then I think you're doing yourself a disservice because it can be one of the most beautiful blessings that you have in your life. Um, mine, both of ours now are older now. Mm-hmm. And I think that they would say, yes, today they really are friends. Like mm-hmm. that really did come full circle. Yeah. They just went on vacation. They did. They together. have their own adventures. They do stuff independent of us, which just warms my little heart. I love to see it. Yeah, I do too. I love it. Uh, I didn't even know the kid, uh, Emma and Thomas invited Houston and Caitlin over for dinner. Like last month. I was I like, I didn't that. even know y'all were doing that. They, yeah. They stayed and played board games and stuff. Yeah. That made me happy. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just, Take it seriously. Take these sibling relationships seriously. And don't take um, conflict and disharmony and disunity for granted. Like, fight against it. Like, you have the power, moms, to fight against it. You have the power of prayer. You have the power to set the tone of the home Mm -hmm. and create a culture of forgiveness. The family is gold for learning to forgive each other again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And so um, pick a verse. There's lots of good verses about harmony and unity. There's tons of good proverbs about a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Yep. Or um, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Colossians 3.13. Get in there and do it. Yeah. Do better than maybe what you experienced growing up. Or if you experienced a blessing, go even farther mm-hmm. And that if, blessing. if they're not best friends, then teach them how to be friends. Yeah. you got to learn how to be a friend to somebody else. I and mean, what better place to do that than your brother or mm-hmm. sister? Beautiful. So this, uh, I think this has been a really interesting topic. So if you want to see more information or um, of our resources on this, you can go to our website at justaskyourmom.com. Find us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom or Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. And if you're listening, please rate and leave us a review or a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And send us your questions and topics at justaskyourmompodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on... Just Just ask ask your your mom. mom.